Greetings, ladies and mendigants, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one. To Ally with Humanity, written by Inferior Venom. As the latest session of the Galactic High Court got underway, it was hard for any present to remember the time when the spectator seats had been so completely filled. As a matter of course, many members of the galaxy's higher classes, political parties, and social elite could be found in any session of court. The events themselves were, for the most part, incredibly dull affairs. Hours of debate and litanies of millennia-old legal auditory. But that was not the point. Those in attendance were simply displaying the power and influence that had earned them a seat. Today, however, the seats were packed. Everyone wanted to see history being made. Across the galaxy, uncountable billions gathered around broadcasts of the event as the Ferrakai and the humanity were brought before the Rukarian Court for Crimes Against the Galaxy. Councillor Glendrak squirmed uncomfortably in his seat, all too aware of the multitude of stairs raining down on him and his delegation. He knew why they were here. They were waiting for the sentencing. The figurative blood of his species had been shed in this political gladiator ring. He glanced around and saw the rest of them were likewise discomforted. Then his gaze fell upon the representative Coleman, who was looking up at the expectant faces of the crowd with a strange expression. At first, Glendark assumed there was fear or apprehension, and attributed the strangeness of it to his own lack of familiarity with the human's expression. Then he saw Coleman's face break into a species all too recognizable expression of amusement. A smile. What could you possibly find so funny? He hissed under his breath. Coleman's grin widened and he leaned close in to respond. Sorry, it's just that coming out here we thought that we were leaving everything familiar behind, but this... It reminds me of home, he gestured to the waiting audience. It's all a show to them. Well, let's give them one. Before Glendog could ponder more about the human's bizarrely cavalier mood, the courtroom, which up until that moment had been abuzz with conversation, fell deathly silent. The high speakers of the galaxy solemnly strode into the grand doorways, their bellowing ceremonial garb only adding to the sense of majesty and authority that they exuded as they made their way to the seats high in the front of the court. Behind them, five Rakarians came under dozens lesser functionaries, holding a variety of data slates and records. Lastly came the leading representative of the Rakarian most powerful vassal races, the mighty Kruker, the ingenious Zen dealer, and the prolific insectoid Kriklekki, who were their own much plainer seats below those of the Rukarians. As last the party settled into their seats, the Rukarian persecutor climbed up to his feet and took the stage at the center of the room. Honored speakers, he began, bowing low with each five respected guests. He gave a short bow to the Rukarians eagerly watching from the spectator's seats. And other representatives, we are gathered here today to pass judgment upon the vassal race of the Ferrakai. You will see evidence, he gestured to the functionaries, who sat readying the various data storage devices, that the Ferrakai did knowingly elevate a lower species from the Tier 4 civilization to a low Tier 5 civilization, 
in direct violation of the Ascendancy Act of the Galactic Year 105902. Furthermore, it is the belief of the prosecution that the Farrakai did this with the intent to incite dissent, possibly even rebellion, against the Rukarian Empire, who sought to use their newly acquired vassal race of uh, humanity to bring disruption and chaos to the galaxy. The prosecutor's words brought an outpouring of murmurs from the stands as the shocked accusations were put forward. Normally, the high speakers would tolerate no interruption to the court, but today they allowed it. Wanting the crowd to properly be riled up and eager to see the Fukurakai punished, Goldman's face had grown darker and angry with each word the prosecutor spoke, and Glendark had to grab his arm as he now went out to leap to his feet. Be still, stay quiet, he hissed urgently. Can't expect me just to let him get away with spouting that crap. It's all lies, all of it. Doesn't matter. You may not speak unless the high speaker allows it. You will only make it worse for us if you try. Be still and obey, and if they are feeling generous, they will allow us to speak. Allow us to speak? The human repeated incredulously. Before any more could be said, the high speakers called for order, and a silence descended again. These are the truly disturbing accusations, prosecutor, the foremost of them said, and the Glen Dark could feel his own indignation rise slightly as he thought of how they most likely have been the high speakers who told him the accusations to make. You had better be able to support your claims. Show us your proof. For the next few hours were grueling. The Glen Dark had expected them to be. He knew his race's guilt had already been decided, and he knew that the speakers knew that he knew that he would be willing to accept any plea bargain, any mercy they deemed to show him. But first, they needed to humiliate the Farrakai publicly and turn the whole galaxy against them. The prosecutor painted a convincing picture. He told of how the treacherous, scheming Farrakai had stumbled upon an impoverished backwater species, barely capable of spaceflight, and had beguiled and tricked them with underhanded politics and display of technological superiority into believing that they were the rightful rulers of the galaxy. They had elevated the humans from little more than barbarians to a potent, FTL-capable race, all the while taking all the resources they wanted from their new allies. The story was convincing and effectively portrayed the Farrakai as scheming traitors and the humans as ignorant dupes. Evidently, as the prosecutor explained it, the only reason the vile Farrakai could have for manipulating the humans as they had was to instigate an uprising that would shake the peaceful lives of all of those present, as well as the whole galaxy. There was, of course, much more to the true story. The Farrakai had stumbled upon the humans in a galactic backwater, but they had been much more capable than the Rukarians were letting on. They had colonized the majority of their home system and had begun the inroads to building an interstellar civilization, but were hampered by the lack of an efficient FDL technology. They were, however, sitting on a massive, untapped reserve of gaseous hydrogen in the four gas giants of their system. A deal had been struck. In exchange for technology, the humans had allowed the Farrakai mining rights. The exchange had been fair and mutual, and the two races were now allies not ruder and vassals. The Farrakai could not have known that the humans would take their new technology and advance this civilization as fast as they did. It had not been their intention to violate the Ascension Act and draw the Rukarians' ire. 
But of course, Lendrak knew the truth would not suit the high speaker's needs. They needed a Farrakai to be the villains, deserving in the eyes of the spectators of whatever punishment they got. As the uh, trial went on, Glendrak could feel Coleman's anger rising. He did not try and rise again, but merely sat, stewing in his indignation and rage. Finally, the prosecutor finished, and the leader of the high speakers rose to his feet. The evidence be damned indeed, Counselor Glendrak, and the guilt of your people clearly beyond question. You and your vessels have threatened the stability of the galaxy, and for that you must pay a heavy price. You and your people are to surrender two-thirds of your holdings. They will be shared amongst the other vassal races, and your home world will be placed under military occupation indefinitely. Glendrak nodded, both relieved and dismayed at the equal measure. On one hand, the speakers seemed to be deciding to make an example of the Ferrakai did not need to extend to extermination. But on the other hand, this would utterly destroy whatever small amount of power that they had possessed in the galaxy. The loss of territory and resources would utterly cripple their civilization, and he expected a death toll from poverty and starvation to be astronomical. He also felt strong pang of guilt as he considered the humans, only recently introduced to the galactic scene and already so critically hamstrung. His attention was suddenly drawn to Quiktaki's representative and the illuminated blue sign on the desk before her indicating that she wished to speak. He glanced up at the high speaker for a reaction and saw that they did not look overly surprised, as though they had anticipated she might have something to say at this point. The sign turned green and she stood to speak. Most honorable high speakers, I request a small consideration be made. Glendrak held his breath, hardly daring to hope that some mercy might be called for. It occurs to me that the humans are as much of victims in this case as the rest of us, deceived and misled by as the prosecutor has told us they were. She gave the Rukarian a quick, pointed look at this, too quick for most to notice, but Glendrak did. She doesn't buy his story at all, he thought. The representative went on. I asked that some mercy be shown to them. They could not have known the true ways of the galaxy, or known the laws being violated. Ignorance of the law is not an excuse, one of the speakers said, but we agree. The humans were misled. Perhaps, under proper guidance, they could become a valued member of the galactic community. Representative Coleman, please stand. Glendrak sank back in his chair. It had been too much to hope for mercy, he supposed. At least this way the humans would be spared. He looked at Coleman and saw the furious expression he had worn was gone, replaced by a face of unreadable stone. Human, we offer you this one chance for leniency. Testify against the Farakai and admit that they were the ones who deluded you and took advantage of your ignorance to galactic law. And above all, swear allegiance of your race to the Rukarian Empire. And not only will you escape punishment, but you will be granted the first choice of the Fakarian former holdings, and will be granted wealth and resources to expand further than you ever could under them. Coleman said nothing for a long moment, and Glendrak felt worried to begin to gnaw his insides. What could be taking Coleman so long to consider? It was the best offer he was likely to get, better than even he could have imagined them getting. Finally, Coleman spoke, his gaze never faltering from those of the speaker. As appealing as your offer may be, hi, speakers. Glendrak was stunned at how much venom a human could put into such a revered title, but humanity will have to decline. 
Our legions are sworn to the Ferrakai, who aided us when we were in great need. Now we will honor our debt and stand by them. We will defend them from you and destroy any that try to make such as a moon from them. Silence hung across the shock court for several seconds as the enormity of the human's insolence sunk in. Then the entire cavernous room erupted into chaos, spectators hurling insults down at the human, calling him insane, a fool, or a dupe of the Farrakai. Glendrak himself was trying to be heard, yelling at the human to apologize and take the speaker's generous offer. Order! Order! We'll have order! The speaker roared activating several crowd-controlled drones to deal with the, some of the more vocal spectators. When Quiet finally returned to the courtroom, they noticed that the Zen dealer representative had illuminated their request to speak. Grudgingly, they approved the request. I believe the human is once again speaking from ignorance, he said. His tone was not overtly condescending. If anything, Glendrak suspected he was trying to get the human to take the hint. He is undoubtedly speaking out of a misguided sense of royalty and belief of his race's strength and prowess. He addressed Coleman directly now. Please understand, human. I do not mean to insult you, but our civilization has existed for several times the length of yours. Our technologies are centuries ahead of yours, and our fleets are many hundreds of times your size. Your courage is commendable, but please think rationally. Even combined with the Parakai, you could not stand against the Rukarian Armada, enhanced by its Zendida technology, nor could you stop the endless tides of the Quitiki, High Fleets, or the mighty warships of the Kruka. Consider the might of the races facing you, and please amend your previous statement. My statement does not need amending, representatives, said Coleman coolly. Whether one of you comes for us or all of you, no matter how badly you outnumber us or outgun us, we will stand by the sides of our friends to the end. You value your allegiances, your honor that much, the croaker representative asked. So astonished he forgot to ask for permission and was quickly silenced by the speakers. Yes, we do. Coleman said, Humanity will never sell its soul to the likes of you, speakers, selling out their allies just to linger on a vassals to corrupt tyrants. You can take your offer and... Uh, that was all those viewing broadcasts of the trial saw before the feed was cut. Drones flew down to apprehend the human and the Ferrakai representatives as the Rakurian crowd screamed for their execution. The high speaker, ignoring the attempts of the vassal representatives to be heard, ordered the offenders to be locked up and announced the order to eradicate both races, starting with the human's homeworld. Over the following weeks, the galaxy could talk of nothing else but the trial, despite the Rukarian's attempts to silence it. What had been meant to point the two races of despicable villains had backfired immensely. As much as they were condemned with Rukarian space, beyond it whispers spread of a different nature. All had seen the determination with which the human had faced the damnation, the honor, which he had displayed by refusing to turn on his ally, and the ease with which he had defied the supposedly absolute authority of the High Speaker. Numerous attempts were made, primarily by the sympathetic vassal races, to ask humans to reconsider their stance, to say that the human representative had only voiced his own mind and did not speak for the entire species. But by then, word had spread of the representative's incarceration and of the ordered extermination of both the humans and the Ferrakai. The humans responded that while he may not have spoken for the entire species, he certainly spoke for the majority. 
humanity would stand by the Ferrokai against the coming attack. There was no doubt in anyone's mind, of course, that the humans stood no chance of survival, but their continued resolve only increased the galaxy's respect for them. The Rikarians could sense the mood of the galaxy turning, and knew that they had to stamp out the source of the disruptions as fast as possible. To that end, they commanded the dispatch of the Croker's mightiest war fleet with orders to eradicate all life from the human-controlled worlds. Surprisingly, the Croker's were reluctant to comply. They argued heavily for reconsideration, for further attempts at peaceful resolution, for leniency. Their reluctance was unprecedented. The warrior race of the Croker had long been the Rikarian's hammer. Their weapon of choice for crushing any and all rebellion and dissent. However, many, including the Rukarians, had forgotten that while the ancient culture had been one of war, it had not been a mindless bloodshed. Above all else, the Kruger valued honor, and the humans had awakened something in them that had all been stamped out by the oppressive Rukarians. Eventually, however, a direct order from the Rukarian emperor himself was given, and not even the Kruger would refuse it. Reluctantly, an immense warships of the Kruger fleet departed their harbors and jumped towards the humans' home system. Reports had indicated that the humans had been gathering the entirety of their fleet, and a sizable support fleet from the Ferrakai to defend against the attack. But all accounts indicated that it would not be enough. Not even close, the meekest of the Kruger escort craft matched the mightiest of the human flagships, and the Kruger battlecruiser had enough firepower to match the entire fleet. So, it was a surprise to the entire galaxy when shortly after their arrival, contact was lost one ship after another, only garbled transmissions of a heavy fire before the fleet fell silent. The idea that the Croker had been defeated was inconceivable. Their ships had been unmatched for over a thousand years, yet somehow the humans appeared to have done it. Now fear began to grip the hearts of the Rikarian High Command. Not just the apparent might of humanity, but at the possible toppling of the carefully crafted authority. If the Rukarians' most powerful vassals could be defeated so easily, perhaps the Rukarians themselves could be. More than ever, the source of this descent had to be eradicated. Now they turned to the hives of the Quitiki, ordering them to unleash their uncountable hordes of drones and swarms across the human system, drowning them in the weight of numbers alone. But the response from the hives was far from pleasing to the Rikarians. The Kutiki were unable to mobilize any force, for a terrible plague had sprung up from nowhere and incapacitated over 70% of their population. Worse still, the disease was preventing their breeder queens from producing anything but malformed stillbirths. Their remaining resources were being spent desperately searching for a cure before the species was wiped out. The suddenness and the speed with which the Kutiki had been incapacitated naturally raised suspicion. Some whispered that the Kutiki had been the first and amongst the most vocal to call for peace and consideration for the humans. Those who knew about the Kutiki culture knew that they valued bonds of family and friends above all else. It seemed all too convenient that they would be unable to mobilize to attack an enemy of the Rakarians so soon after the race was being ordered to attack had demonstrated such an impressive loyalty. In response, a ship full of diseased workers and disfigured premature infants was sent from the hive as proof. Now the whispers turned to frightened talk that perhaps that this was not a coincidence, that the humans themselves were responsible. Defeating the Kruger is one thing, but this new feat spoke of cunning the galaxy had not been prepared for. 
In their capacity for bio-warfare, it was great enough to cripple the Kuchiki in one blow. What was to stop the humans from doing the same to any other race that had wronged them? The Rakarians had had enough. Marshalling their own fleets, they sent word of their last great vassal race, the Zen Dealer, with orders to support them. Many expected the Zen Dealer to refuse, or at least resist. It was rumored that they admired the determination of humanity, as it reflected that which they themselves had shown in the early years of civilization. The determination that had driven them to invent and advance and become the primary technological innovators of the galaxy. But instead, they answered the Rakarians' call. They provided logistical and technical support to their ships, upgrading their systems and cutting edge of galactic software. Thus prepared, the Rakarian fleet jumped into humans' home system. Even unaugmented by the Zen dealer technology, the Rukarian fleet had long been one of the great wonders in the galaxy. While it could not match the Quitiki for numbers and on a ship-to-ship level of the Croker had a greater firepower, as the whole of the Rukarian fleet was awe-inspiring, each ship beautifully crafted and decorated, but no less lethal for all the cosmetic effort put into it. Even the highest estimates from the human Ferrakai fleet's numbers still put them at less than a quarter of the Rukarian numbers. Yet, none of that mattered at all when they beheld what awaited them around the human homeworld of Earth. An immense fleet filled the entirety of their vision, so numerous were the ships that the planet could not be seen behind them. Even worse, at the head of the fleet was a host of craft bigger and more powerful than anything the Rukarian's arsenal. For a moment, stunned confusion reigned. None could understand how the surveys and reports could have been so horribly inaccurate. Then, as the ships grew nearer, the truth was revealed. The human Ferrakai fleet was indeed small and weak, as the reports had suggested, but they made up only a fraction of the fleet's numbers. The vast majority of the ships arrayed against the Rukarians were the Quintiki Hive ships, their countless warriors not incapacitated by disease after all. Meanwhile, large and deadly lead ships of the fleet were revealed to be the all-too-familiar warships of the Kruka. Not destroyed at all, but fully armed and ready for battle. The Rakairians had a brief moment to take in the enormity of this revelation before every single system on board every single ship of theirs simultaneously began to shut down, or otherwise malfunction. Or rather, every system the Zen dealer had uh, upgraded. On board the flagship, the fleet admiral watched in dismay as the might of his race's greatest fleet was first trivialized, then stripped away. The bridge's communication screen opened up on its own accord, revealing a decorated human official, flanked by a similarly ranked Barakai, Kruka, Kukitiki, and Zendila. Admiral, the human said, we would like to negotiate the conditions of your surrender. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you did, please consider supporting the author from the link down below. Otherwise, if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways to do so, like liking, subscribing, and possibly even becoming a patron. Otherwise, the easiest way would be to share. And until the next video, I hope that you all have a good one, and I'll see you then. Cheers.